following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. A better man to my baby. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. Philip Sexton with me today. Oh, yeah. We were just going over before we started the years that Kentucky football has. The last time they won 10 games was in uh, 1977. They were 10 and 1. And right now they're 7 and 2. And if they were to win the next 3 games which includes beating Tennessee today and then take care of Louisville and uh Middle Tennessee State, they'd be 10 and 2 and if they were to go to the bowl game and win the bowl game and win 11 games that'd be the first time they'd won 11 games since 1950 that is just that is crazy from a, a historical standpoint that's what I, I even told you i was like well that's that's even before you were born yeah, even before me <laughs> and even the the 19 what did you say 1977 that was yeah. that was that was i'm gonna show my age here that was 14 years before i was born <laughs> 14 years before I was born. So so you've never seen a 10-win season for for Kentucky football in your lifetime. You yeah, know, you've seen some 10-loss seasons cuz uh uh Mark Stoops had a 2 and 10 season and then Joker Phillips had one the year before that. For me, I was impressed when they went to uh, the Tax Slayer Bowl a couple years yeah. ago and played Georgia Tech. I said, well, that's a change of scenery. That's right. The Music City Bowl six times in my lifetime. Yeah, the Music City Bowl, uh, that's true, uh, just about six times. Yeah. Should have called it the, the Rich Brooks Bowl back that's in right. the day. <laughs> exactly. So, anyway, we'll see what they can do today versus Tennessee and um, – Maybe maybe we're going to have a 10-win season. Who knows? We got our boy Guy out there. He's, he's going to pull yeah. through. He's going to be down in Knoxville pulling for it. <laughs> so, um, just some things this week. Um, one of the things we're going to be talking about is oil market is really in a bear market right now. It's hitting some new lows recently. You had this article here about how the U.S. midterm voters sent China a surprising trade war message. So you're saying that they basically back Trump's with uh, tariffs of of Trump? Yeah. So kind of the it it, it kind of it goes on to talk about the the 
the geography of the state and how how they voted in the midterms and it based it on you know certain certain parts of not the state the geography of the nation certain parts of the nation geographically are more directly hit when you know w- when china retaliates on tariffs right uh your 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 rust belt and your you know your your corn belt that that areas uh of the country you know that that is directly impacted when when the chinese say all right well we're going to retaliate they all voted to back uh to back members of uh the republican party that were supportive of the i, I guess you would call it the trade war in a sense yeah that it was, is a trade war yeah I, uh you know i they were supportive of Trump's plans on trade in in China. Yeah. Uh, so you know it's it's good to see that the uh, the average everyday farmer sees what the plan really is and what's trying to be pursued here. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, the the pursuit isn't to make make his life harder. The pursuit is to make his life more fair. It's just to get get a better deal with a big trading partner that has been playing unfair for a long period of time. Exactly. And I think that's very interesting when you look at the map, you know, it's, it's I, I showed, there was a, there was a map on Bloomberg. I showed a Darce this and I said, it's, it's crazy when you look at the, the amount on the uh, house of representatives, the amount of power you have in certain States. Because when you looked at the total number of representatives, you know, and, and how they were divided up throughout the midterm election, I mean, you know, it was kind of evenly split. And then, you know, a few more Democrats won uh, than, than Republicans. Not just a few. Just Yeah. Well, but when you look at the state and it's, you know, like if it, if. Uh, if California, for yeah, instance. If, yeah. If, if a Republican won, it colored their district in red and if a democrat won it colored the district in blue the united states i would say was 80 percent red yeah the geography wise if it were just based on geography the republicans would win all the time yeah it's based on um on population and in california i mean it just it looked like the Pacific Ocean kind of just came inland, came in and just rolled over the state, washed it off a little bit, made it blue. Yeah. There's an article here. Uh, this is pretty interesting uh, on, on Bloomberg. I'm going to kind of throw this on you. I'm talking about China. A fifth of China's homes are empty. That's 50 million apartments. Adarsh has talked about this a bunch about how they've had a command and control economy over there for for years and they've required them to build things in places where there weren't people that kind of thing what do you know about that you know in terms of uh that that exact piece i don't know a whole whole lot i do know i i do know that you know they have built infrastructure uh you know basically just to create employment and create and spur growth uh the problem is, is you know, like like the article says, is there's nobody to live in the infrastructure. It says President Xi 
Jinping's mantra that homes should be for living in is falling on deaf ears with tens of millions of apartments and houses standing empty across the country. Soon-to-be published research will show roughly 22% of China's urban housing stock is unoccupied. That adds up to more than 50 million empty homes. Uh the nightmare scenario for policymakers is that owners of unoccupied dwellings rush to sell if cracks start appearing in the property market, causing prices to spiral. Uh, there's no single country with such a high vacancy rate, said Gan, uh, Professor Lee Gan of Chengdu Southwestern University. Should any crack merge in the property market, the homes to be offloaded will hit China like a flood. So it, you got an economy there that has been based on command and control, which mm -hmm. is the way communist economies work, but it has elements of the market economy, and you, the two of them can't work very well together. I tell you, I, I read this the, uh, the other day, too. I'm, I'm going to read this article for you. So uh, China's banking regulator, and this was on November the 9th, uh, a couple days ago, China's banking regulator pledged to increase the proportion of lending to private enterprise, which will account for no less than 50% of new corporate loans, uh, the Zine Hao News Agency reported. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the guy's name. He's the chairman of the China Banking and Insurance Regulatory Commission. Uh, as well as party boss of the People's Bank of China. Mr. Regulator. Yeah, said on Thursday that in the following three years, no less than 50% of banks' new corporate loans will be given to private enterprises. Regulators are also considering setting targets for banks. For large-scale banks, the lending to private companies should not be less than one-third of their new corporate loans. So basically one out of, one out of every $3 that you loan has to go to a private corporate enterprise. Now, I told Adars this. I said that to me. Now, granted, there's a lot. It's a lot more global in this, in terms of an economy, and there's a lot more, um, I guess, bells and whistles in the banking system yeah. now. But that, to me, for from China's perspective, that just brings 1930s U.S. Yep. I mean, you're you're, you're forcing you're forcing credit into places where it doesn't need to be and it's in corporate credit and that is a that that can be a a, a death nail in a coffin if you yeah. to an economy if you do that wrong that's can, right it can get real hairy stay with us we'll talk a little more about the economy the markets when we come back you're listening to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group, News Radio 630 WLAP. The balance of power has been decided. Stopping the GOP. The president's agenda isn't going to change. Stay plugged in to the power of information. And leading up to 2020. This is News Radio 630. Unleashing the power. WLAP. At Dupree Financial Group, we do not earn commissions on your hard-earned retirement dollars. We don't sell you investment products that are difficult to understand. We do research on every security we recommend to you and follow them closely. We meet with you every six months to go over your investment performance. We don't hide from you. We communicate with you regularly about the status of your investments with us. 
We want you to be informed, comfortable, and happy. If all this sounds too good to be true, give us a try. Call us at 859-233-0400, and we'll set up a no-cost, no-obligation review of your retirement investment portfolio. You may be pleasantly surprised to find out what sort of services are available to you, the retirement investor. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group. Philip, um, what's going on with oil? I mean, it's, uh, it's a great question. Um, so, oil closed yesterday at around sixty dollars a barrel. Mm-hmm. It's been as high as what? What did it get to? Uh it was well over seventy. I mean, almost probably seventy-five. Range. Yeah. So there's been a big drop. We're seeing it at the gas pump here in Lexington. You see gasoline around two dollars and thirty-five cents for regular. Yep. It's uh, it's. So I've got some statistics here. Well, first off, I got this article from Barrons, and it talks about it says crude oil prices fell into bear market territory, which is a technical drop of twenty percent uh, or more. Uh, so WTI, uh, the front month slid to and this was from november the 8th uh a couple days ago slid to 60 67 it's down below 60 now uh but it's down what 21 percent from its high uh the article goes on to say you know they feel like this is uh short-term volatility in oil prices uh you know when you look at fundamentals so I kind of dug into uh, the fundamental side. I went to the U.S. Energy uh, Information Administration, EA, EIA for short. Uh, they post a weekly weekly data for U.S. crude stocks, uh, and they break it down to total crude and produ- uh, petro- petroleum products, uh, inclusive of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, uh, and then they do it exclusive, and then they break it down into total motor gasoline, uh, finished uh, blend stocks, things like that. So I'm just going to throw some numbers at you here, Tom. Uh, for the week ended September 28th, there was 1 billion, or uh, I mean, 1, yeah. One billion nine hundred and eight million seven hundred and twenty-four thousand barrels of total crude products yep and oil was at 73 dollars a barrel yep the week ended 11 2 which was you know just a week ago there was 1 billion 908 million 129 thousand barrels of total crude and petroleum products mm-hmm. 
Oil's at $63 a barrel at that point. Yep. From that standpoint, you're telling me that supply has remained flat. <clears throat> it's actually gone down just a little bit. In the meantime, you know, you've had weeks where supply. So the only thing that can do that is a drop off in demand. A drop off. The only thing. With yeah. supply steady. The only thing that can cause the price to drop like that is a drop in demand. Well, and if there's a drop in demand, supply would increase. The, this is this is this is stockpiles. This is okay. Uh, so it hadn't really changed. Yeah. So the supply and demand has been balanced over the past month. The the interesting thing though is I feel like what's happened was when oil ran to seventy five, there was a it, it's it was purely sentiment. You know, and now that it's fallen under sixty, I feel like it's purely sentiment. This is this is a one hundred percent sentiment driven sale. Yeah, but how are we getting oil back under sixty and having the supply and demand being the same amount? Or, or you know, there's something I don't get here. Well, because it's it's what what had happened. So it's always the front month contract that you're you're basing the oil price off of. Right. You know, what you'll pay for oil thirty months from now. Or thirty thirty, 30 days, days from now. now. Thirty months. What you'll pay for oil thirty days from now. Yeah. And what you were seeing was a big drawdown in in crude supplies, uh, over the first half of this year really. And you started to see oil prices really start to, you know, kind of kick it into gear and move up. Uh because that so the the market was saying okay you know this is going to keep rallying you know let's go ahead and buy up you know and they were buying up these front month contracts right and there was a heavy demand for that contract because you thought oil was going to be higher the next month than what you know than what it is today well now the you've hit kind of an equilibrium over the past month mm -hmm. uh you you're looking at China, which could show some decrease in demand. You know, mm -hmm. you did bring that up, uh, but you've seen basically a complete 180 on sentiment. You know, there there's no reason to tell you that oil should be 20% lower, other than the fact that you were either too hot and heavy with oil a month ago, you know, a month ago, mm -hmm. or now. You know, you're re or, or that was right, and now you're really wrong. Yeah. But I guess kind of what I'm trying to say is for those that are thinking that, oh, you know, we're looking at a $27 barrel oil again, there, there is no, there is, there is absolutely no cause for concern, in my opinion, for something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, because for that to happen, you would, you would be seeing that, you know, one billion nine hundred eight million at one billion nine hundred and thirty million because you would see that incremental increase in right. supplies because there wouldn't just there just wouldn't be the demand for it. You know, and when you look uh in certain areas there there have been decreases in prices. So that like you you were talking about that front month. That front month is just kind of like a, a, a baseline in terms of price. Uh when you look at places like uh Canada, where they have that uh, real nasty tar, heavy, you know, heavy sand, sandy oil, uh, 
they can't transport it. There's, there's, there. The pipelines right. are at capacity. Uh, there's no real way to transport it effectively. And so I've got a, a thing from the Wall Street Journal here. It says um, it's written by Rebecca Elliott and Bradley Olson. Uh, Once a dog refining becomes driver of oil profits. Well, there's a, a piece in this article that says. Uh, Tremendous growth in oil output has overwhelmed pipelines and depressed crude prices in some regions of Texas and Canada that has created a bonanza for companies in a position to take advantage by converting it into gasoline and diesel. Nowhere has the opportunity been bigger than near Canada where crude is trading for $43 a barrel. Really? Below the U.S. benchmark prices due to bottlenecks. So you can't get it through the pipeline. You you can't, yeah. You can't get it to the producer. You're just stuck with it. So right. now you're just trying to offload it however you can. On trucks or wherever. And they are taking I mean, that's not a haircut. That's a that's a lop. Yeah. You're taking a you're taking a lop from the chin down there. That's a Yeah. That is so that's what you're seeing is, you know, with 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 certain areas you've got this oil that just can't be sold. So, you know, it, it gets gets sold for whatever it can get sold right for. and so then there's still there's still an excess of supply in in different markets and that's having an effect on the overall price yeah somewhat you yeah. know but from an overall global global market perspective supply and demand i would say is pretty balanced at the moment yeah all right well, we'll probably enjoy low gasoline prices for a while longer, if that's the case. Definitely so. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to complain about $2.38 any that's day. That's right. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. Jones for Universal Windows Direct. Look, I'm sorry, but winter is coming. Do not suffer through another winter in a cold, drafty home. Call my guys at Universal Windows Direct. They can schedule your free in-home estimate today, and for every window you buy, you get the next one free, plus 0% financing for 36 months. Some restrictions apply, but call Universal Windows Direct, 859-300-8600, or go to UniversalWindowsDirect.com. If you do that, then like me, you'll be saying, I love my windows. It's a car wrap scam on Facebook. A local consumer was contacted through Facebook and offered money if she would wrap her car in an advertisement for a beverage. Here's how the scam works. You see a social media post or you receive a message that appears to be from a friend. The company hiring you sends you a check for more than what they agreed to pay you. The company tells you to deposit the check and wire the rest of the money back. Don't fall for it. The check is fake and you will owe the bank money. 
Hi, I'm Rihanna Smith-Hamblin with the Better Business Bureau. For more tips, go to BBB.org. It's time for podcasters to get the recognition they deserve. Introducing the iHeartRadio Podcast Awards, presented by Capital One. Over 20 categories like crime, comedy, music, sports, curiosity, and more. Cast your vote, and you're automatically qualified to join us in person for the first ever iHeartRadio Podcast Awards. Vote now at iHeartPodcastAwards.com. Capital One is the proud presenting partner of the iHeartRadio Podcast Awards. Just another example of the great products rewards, service, and access to unique and unforgettable experiences they bring to their customers. A deadline in Florida over the ballot count now just hours away. A recount in the Senate race all but certain. Both candidates now going to court over ballot tallies. ABC's Victor Okendo is in Broward County. All counties must submit their results to the state by noon today. That's the cutoff. At one point, Florida Governor Rick Scott said there was rampant fraud taking place in Broward and Palm Beach counties, although he provided no evidence of that. Senator Bill Nelson saying, we believe when every legal ballot is counted, we'll win this election. President Trump in Paris holding one-on-one talks with French President Emmanuel Macron today ahead of Sunday's ceremony marking 100 years since the end of World War I. Tensions over NATO and trade were on the agenda. In Southern California, Whipping winds fueling the Woolsey Fire. 200,000 residents evacuated, including the town of Malibu. In Northern California, nine people confirmed dead from the campfire, which destroyed the entire town of Paradise earlier this week. Michelle Franz in ABC News. It's a very cold start to that weekend. Temperatures this afternoon, mid and upper 30. Skies will become partly to mostly sunny. Forecast for the day on Sunday. Clouds are going to thicken up. We'll see a high in the 40s. And by later Monday and Tuesday, a taste of winter is on the way again. There'll be some accumulating snows in the parts of the region. I'm WKYT Chief Meteorologist Chris Bailey on your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP and iHeart Radio Station. We pledge allegiance to our flag, but millions of illegal immigrants living in the United States and the hundreds of thousands more that flood across our border each year never made that pledge because of broken immigration laws. Now, conservative Congressman Kevin McCarthy is taking a stand. Build the wall, enforce the law. What this is about is safe communities, our children, protecting them from fentanyl, protecting them from gang members. Our communities will not be safe if you can't secure your own border. Kevin McCarthy's Build the Wall and Enforce the Law Act fully funds President Trump's border wall, expands Kate's law to penalize criminal illegal immigrants, and cracks down on sanctuary cities. That's the tough, conservative solution America needs. Visit timeforthewall.com and tell Congress to pass Kevin McCarthy's Build the Wall and Enforce the Law Act now. Paid for by State Tea Party Express. My name's Susan Mahoney, and I'm here because, thankfully, I wear my seatbelt. I was on a curvy country road when I hit some gravel, fishtailed, overcorrected my steering to narrowly miss hitting a bridge's guardrail, only to have my car hit an embankment and flip the vehicle. Had it not been for my seatbelt, I would have been thrown all over the car and had not been able to keep control and get it stopped. I give thanks for my seatbelt every day. Give yourself the chance to be thankful. Wear your seatbelt. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. 
powered by Dupree Financial Group. We have a caller, which we're glad yeah. to take because uh, uh, you have a question about China. Yeah, yeah, we. I call from China. Yeah, on on delay. Okay. I, I want to talk to you about the tariffs that that are happening. I, I'm here with my wife. No way. We. we China has a plan to bring America to its knees. We are going to figure out the way to close all the U.S. Chinese restaurants. Oh, is we, that right? We yes, yes, I We we are going to train veterinarians here. No more dogs or cats. So there will be no more Chinese restaurants. Okay, sorry about that. We gotta we gotta let you go there. <laughs> you know, I I'm gonna guess who that was, but uh, under no under no uh, circumstances does that reflect the uh, um, uh, views of the station or uh, anything like that. That's just. Uh, um, Somebody calling in, uh, crank call, so to speak. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Please, uh, do not be offended anybody by that. Um, that was, uh, that was good. We got to screen them a little bit better, uh, Garrett, going forward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, now, if somebody is actually from China and would like to comment on that, that would be good. Uh, on on the markets over in China, they've got me totally bumfuzzled here. <laughs> All right, uh, new funds to take pay cut if they can't beat the market. What what are you? You've got a couple of articles here. You're trying to make a point. Yeah, and. Uh, Go ahead and make that point. I'm going to go ahead and make that point. So with this article, it's, I, I'm going to hit some talking points here. So you, you name the title is in the Wall Street Journal written by Justin Baer. So it, it goes on, says a wave of stock picking firms are ste stepping up their fight against cheap ETFs and index funds with new offerings that dial back fees if they can't beat the market. Alliance Burstein, uh, Allianz Global Investor and a handful of other managers have debuted new funds in the past year featuring fees that rise with returns and tumble to ETF levels when they fall short of benchmark. Uh, the thing it goes on to say is uh, some of these new funds, including Alliance Burstein's offerings, reset to their starting point fees after one year no matter how they've performed. There's no high watermark which is a return hurdle many hedge funds must clear before they can start charging clients performance fees again after they've underperformed for a stretch. Uh, and it says these features might even tempt managers to take too many chances once they slip below their benchmarks in a bid to chase higher returns and higher fees. That immediately, I didn't even make it to that point in the article before I was kind of like, whoa. And then it said that in the article and I was, I was like, Yep, that, that is exactly what I was thinking. As an everyday person that has, you know, worked their entire life, put money in a, you know, put money away in their 401k, and they hit retirement, and, you know, you're looking at, okay, I need to pick, a, I need to pick somebody to manage, manage my investments for me moving forward in my retirement. Mm-hmm. 
one of the key things that you need to look at is how are they incentivized? Right. You know, when you look at when you look at a, at something like this, it's you know at the start that that original okay you know if we don't beat the market our our fees our fees drop real real low. Well, okay. First off, I would ask you, why are you incentivized to beat the market? You know, at at, at a seventy year old level needing your retirement assets to to be more stable and create an income for you to live off of many years worth of retirement why are you why are you chasing outsized returns mm-hmm. that'd be my first question for you my second question for you is you know why would you pick somebody whose fees go up over time and they can what the, what they're incentivized to create, take on extra risk to right. create excess returns. And the worst part about it is, is I think that's even crazier is how they reset every single year. So it's not, you know, with a hedge fund, if they start off year one bad, you know, and they're 10, they're 10 points behind, well, they've got to come back 10 points before they can even think about raising that fee. They've got to get over top of that high watermark. With this option here, you just set a new mark. Yeah, you know it's it's a it's a beat it on a year by year basis. So what ends up happening is when you get into a like a scenario like two thousand and eight, for example. Well, you know you can coming into something like that, you can get creamed on on management fees and get ate up. You know, and coming out of it, you 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 could you could take on more risk, and two thousand like a two thousand scenario where you get three multiple down years. Well, let's say you let's say you've got a crazy manager in there saying, "All right, well, this is the last year," and they just load the boat, you know, and then you hit two more years of two more years of negative returns. Well, now you've just you've you dove in head first at that point, and the problem is is your 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 money's got to work for you, and if it ain't working for you, it's, you're in trouble yep. at that point. And then you know you're coming out of that, going, "What happened to all my money?" And now you're so you've gotten in with somebody who's taking more risk than you need them to. Yeah. And now you 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 come out of that, and you're 77 or however old, and you're thinking about having to go back to work. Yep. You know, that that's that's one of the things that you know we we at the pre financial group we're 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 very cognizant of you know how when when we set up our our fee structure so we're a registered investment advisor we the way we get paid is on a percentage of the assets under management on a yearly basis that 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 percentage doesn't fluctuate Dang. with market fluctuation right that percentage stays the same, but it incentivizes us to do two things. It incentivizes us to grow assets over time, mm-hmm. but it also incentivizes us to do it in a prudent fashion. That's right. Because there's there's no way, you know, if you became a client of the pre-financial group, you're not locked into anything. 
you know, we don't we don't have surrender penalties. We don't have ten year lockup periods. We're 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 not an annuity shop right. or anything like that. You know, it's 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 a pay as you go relationship. Right. The only way that we we keep clients is through good making them happy, good communication, making them happy, and you know doing what we say we're going to do, yep. which is to be prudent with the assets. You know, try to protect them as best as we can, and try to grow them over time. Right. Now that's that's where you need to really be cognizant of. You know what's your what's your manager incentivized to do? You know you look at someone else who's who gets paid on commissions. That man is incentivized to sell you what he can make the most amount of money on. Right. You know it, it's <laughs> that is a very big piece of the pie when looking at picking a manager. Yep. The other article here that to paint my large picture from Barron's it says how to take fear out of your investing decisions uh it's written well it's written by a Darren Fonda uh so it goes on it talks about behavioral coaches and and uh these neuroscience professors how they're they're turning into behavioral coaches because it says basically uh Fund managers aren't the only ones trying to curb their emotions these days. Uh, the market 7% slide in October, uh, and the stock uh, stock averages wild swings are testing everyone's mettle. Uh, so you think you're, you're tough as steel, immune to emotion-driven buying or selling, uh, but neuroscientists and behavioral economists argue that biases are hardwired into our brains and personalities. Some of us are overconfident, taking excessive risks, others too meek, seeking to avoid losses at the first sign of trouble. We're also biologically programmed to look for patterns in unrelated information, seeing the face of Jesus on a piece of toast or cloud with an uncanny resemblance to Abraham Lincoln. Uh, it goes on to say, you know, it's better to accept the fact that you, you do have these emotional Bias. biases hardwired into your brain and try to manage them. One of the things at Dupree Financial Group that I think really sets us apart and is really different about us, no one person in that firm makes the investment decisions. Mm -hmm. We have four of us that sit around a, a, a round table, basically. We discuss each individual investment, uh, you know, before it becomes an investment, we all look at it. We all do our own research. We all make our own judgments. And we all make our, our cases for or against it. And Sometimes I, that happens after it's become an investment, too. And it, well, it happens every single day moving forward. You know, it's it's one of those, you, you it's a constant monitoring situation. But the interesting thing is, is every single one of us are hardwired different. Mm -hmm. You know, we all have our different tendencies and we can point out when some, when, when someone's tendencies are, are tilted towards more emotion driven instead of fundamentals. Right. When you have four people talking to each other, you can take, you really can take a lot of the emotion out of things because, you know, it's strictly on 
unless all four people are experiencing the same emotion at the same time, which yeah. can happen. That can that can happen. So it's not foolproof. It's not foolproof, but it is a way that you're you have a team based approach to yeah. to to monitor those behavioral biases to you know not only on our end on the investment decisions but also you know when you're sitting there and you're talking when you're talking to us and you're saying hey you know this is making me nervous you've basically got your own behavioral coach yeah you know we we've already discussed it you know we've already gone over everything we've already looked at at the fundamentals of the company the underlying investment thesis that we have there is it still a good thesis? Okay, you know this is this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was this there was this thing from Vanguard, uh, this huge huge packet here, uh, but it's saying it it starts talking about putting a value on your value, and it starts talking about what a good financial advisor is potentially worth. Uh, they're they're kind of conclusions that they've come to is three percent annually is what a really good financial advisor is worth uh half of that comes from a behavioral coach it talks about how when a uh when a behavioral when when a behavioral coach steps in and he says you know uh so here we go i've got this all right let's let's get to it when we come back okay you're listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Philip Sexton. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. The midterm elections. This campaign is behind us. The destination now. We want to keep it going. 2020. A change is going to come. Keep America great. Ride with News Radio 630. Revving its engines. WLAP. At Dupree Financial Group, we do not earn commissions on your hard-earned retirement dollars. We don't sell you investment products that are difficult to understand. We do research on every security we recommend to you and follow them closely. We meet with you every six months to go over your investment performance. We don't hide from you. We communicate with you regularly about the status of your investments with us. We want you to be informed, comfortable, and happy. If all this sounds too good to be true, give us a try. Call us at 859-233-0400, and we'll set up a no-cost, no-obligation review of your retirement investment portfolio. You may be pleasantly surprised to find out what sort of services are available to you, the retirement investor. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree show. So, Philip, you were talking about um, what makes a good financial advisor, what yeah. it can do for you. So, I had this thing from from Vanguard how you know they said a good financial advisor is adds three percent value to you. Uh, a, half of that comes from behavioral coaching. It says because investing evokes emotion, advisors need to help their clients maintain a long term perspective and a disciplined approach. The amount of potential value an advisor can add here is large. Most investors are aware of these time-tested principles, but the hard part of investing is sticking to them. 
uh, goes on to say, advisors as behavioral coaches can act as emotional circuit breakers by circumventing clients' tendencies to either chase returns, uh, you know, when you see something like Bitcoin or pot stocks going crazy and you want to mm-hmm. buy them, or run for cover in emotionally charged markets. In the process, advisors may save their clients from significant wealth destruction and also add percentage points rather than just basis points, which is a piece of a percentage point of value. A single client intervention, such as we've just described, could more than offset years of advisory fees. The following example from the most recent period of fear and greed can provide context quantifying this point. So basically, it goes on to state that, you know, if you talk somebody out of selling at the first sign of volatility, you could save them double-digit percentage points in, right. in returns. You know, because when you try to time a market, you've got to be right twice. That's We've right. talked about this several times. You've got to be right that it's it's going down, then you've got to be right when you get back in at the bottom. Yep. One of the things that we do at the pre-financial group is we, we're not, we're not market, uh, market guessers. We're not market timers. We try to build a portfolio of companies that we like that produce a consistent good or service and pays a consistent dividend. Something's used every single day, something so they can, they can pay out that dividend. We monitor those companies every single day, you know, and we adjust accordingly uh, when when adjusting needs to be done. We feel like if we've got a good portfolio of companies that are producing the income for our clients, then when you get those, you know, those emotional swings in the market, when things get volatile like they have over the past month, well... Your income's still coming in. You're not into a. You're not at a point in your life where oh crap, I've got to sell something to to generate what I need. Mm-hmm. You're not forced to sell into that. You just hold on. Right. You know you you you've got you've got a strong sturdy boat at that point. You just you just ride the waves. That is behavioral coaching at its finest. You know we're gonna sit there and we're gonna tell you we're gonna educate you on what you own. You know, education is a very, very powerful tool. When you look at, okay, you know, I've, I've got this stock. You know, it produces, it, it produces this service, and they make this much in profit, and they're paying out this much in the form of a dividend. I'm good. A dividend's mm-hmm. there. You know, it, it, it's, it's got a good blanket of security around it. You know, I've, I've gone over everything you're at ease you've reduced your anxiety you're not trying to sell into it you know you're not letting the fear creep into your into your mind and into your heart so if you're able to do that then you're able to take advantage of that that downturn you know you're able to if you have some dry powder available buy some more of stuff Mm -hmm. uh you know if you don't well, that's fine too. You're living off your dividends. Right. We'll see you in a couple of years, you know, <laughs> when you're when when it's back, you know, well above where it was. Right. You know, it's we have we have a a system not based upon 
making your money grow in leaps and bounds. You know, we're we're not we're not chasing the next Amazon or the next Apple. That's that's not our that's not our our shtick. Yeah. Our goal is to make your money last. That's that's right. And um retirement investors need to have um they need to have accountability. We like to meet with you every six months, go over your uh, accounts. You need to have income. That's why we concentrate on dividends. Yeah. You know, and, and that, those meetings, like you said, that is a, that is an educational meeting on both fronts. You know, we're, we're, we're educating you on what you own, why you own it. Every single time you come in, we're going to re-educate you on everything. Right. And then we're also educating on our, ourselves on what's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, because a good financial advisor can't be a good financial advisor unless they know what's going on in your life. You All know, right. We, we want to know you as a person. We don't want to just know your money. That, that, that's, that's not a good financial advisor. Right. You know, because if we know you in your life, we know your tendencies, we know, you know, where you're at, we know what you may need in the future, we can manage towards those goals. Right. That's, there's, there's a lot of things that goes into picking the right financial advisor. You know, there, there's, there's a lot of intangibles that's what i'm going to say intangibles that that you can't really put a put a number on mm-hmm. you know it, it anybody could buy a vanguard fund you know anybody could buy a low cost low cost etf that's going to track the market but is that what you need you right. know is is it or is that what your spouse might need when you're gone exactly you know, well, we've got a couple minutes left but if you want to find out about what we do give us a call at 859-233-0400 and set up an appointment to come in and and speak with us Um, we can go over your retirement investments look at what it's been doing what it's done and give you some ideas and uh, it's all complimentary it's uh, no cost that's that's what complimentary means. <laughs> um, and you can come in and, and uh, meet with us, and, and we'll give you some ideas. And yeah. You can take them or not. The only way we make any money is you becoming a client. We charge percentage of the assets under management. We don't make money on meeting with you, talking to you. You know, it's... It is strictly a relationship-driven business. That's right. It's never too early to start planning. So, uh, anyhow, um, if you've heard anything that sounds good to you today, uh, you might give us a call at 233-0400 or email us at info at com. Go look at our website. That's dupreefinancial.com. And, uh, and give us a call. We'd like to meet with you. We'd like to sit down and talk to you about uh, how you've invested your retirement savings and, and investments, and, and we might be able to give you some ideas. 
appreciate you listening today. You've been listening to the uh, Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP.